Well, I'm, I'm excited today. Um, I get to kick off a brand new sermon series called Summer with the Shepherd. And uh, last semester on Wednesday nights, I was, I was teaching a, a series on um, Psalm 23 from Max Licato. And, and I just had forgotten how rich this psalm really was. And, and the more I camped on it, the more I decided, you know, I really want to just spend some time unpacking Psalm 23 uh, with you uh, because there's just some rich stuff there. Now, if you grew up around the church, Psalm 23 will be really familiar to you. If you didn't grow up around the church, uh, it might be something new and you're going to find it absolutely spectacular. But one of the things I've discovered when my journey with God is that no matter how many times I read scriptures, um, it just seems like God has this incredible ability to give me exactly what I need on the day that I need it. Have you, have you discovered that? Uh, in fact, it's, it's funny, uh, you know, I, I committed my life to Christ when I was in ninth grade and, and through the years have read the Bible through several times, but it's, it's amazing to me um, how I can sit down with a scripture I've read, you know, a hundred times, and yet God has some way to show me something new in that, in that moment and in that morning. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. I want to, I, I, as I was working with the scripture this week, there were some things that jumped out at me that I had never seen before, and uh, I want to just, we're going to walk through this psalm together, and, and I want it to both inspire you, I want it to challenge you, uh, I want it to just take you to a deeper level of your journey of faith with God. Um, I'm going to kick off by just looking at the Psalm 23 in its entirety. Um, we'll throw that up on the screen for you. This is taken from the New Living Translation. I'll read it for you. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And everyone said, amen. amen. Now, I want to I unpack these words that I'm, I'm sure are probably familiar to a lot of you. And again, my, my real hope and prayer is that these will come to you in a rich, rich and fresh way, just like they have for me. Let's begin with this. Throw the first sentence up there, would you? Today I want to unpack just this one little phrase together that the, psalm, that the psalm starts with. Read it out loud with me. The Lord is my shepherd. Read it again. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, when I was sitting down with the passage this week, the first thing that just really jumped off the page at me is this. God invites us into a relationship and not a religion. Let that sink in for a second. God invites us into a relationship and not a religion. You know, there are religions everywhere around the world uh, that serve all kinds of other gods, 
But in what the psalmist is bringing out is something that really sets Christianity particularly apart from everything else. And that is that this God actually invites us into a relationship with him. Now, what, what do we mean by that? Well, let me help you. Some of you probably have heard that said, Christianity isn't a religion, it's a relationship. But what does that really mean? Well, it means a few things. Here we go. The first one is this. In a religion, there are rules. In a relationship, there is intimacy. You say that again. In a religion, there are rules. And in a relationship, there is intimacy. Now, why that's so important is that for even for those of us who would call ourselves Christian, uh, if we are honest, <coughs> sometimes along the way, we can reduce uh, this relationship with God to simply being a religion where we're just following rules. In fact, when I was growing up uh, in the church many years ago uh, in a very conservative church, it, it seemed to me as if following rules was really what it was all about. You know, you had to do the do's and you had to make sure you didn't do the don'ts. And, uh, you know, it was, it was like growing up, it was like, you know, don't smoke, don't chew, and don't go out with girls that do. You know, it's just kind of, you know, that was just kind of the, the way that it was. Um, but that seemed to be what, what, what this was all about. But God wants so much more than that. God wants intimacy. You know, in, when, when, the, when God entered into a covenant relationship uh, with the Jews, it, it was really about cultivating intimacy. But like people do, um, you know, they took this beautiful thing that God was trying to do and, and they started making it all about rules. In fact, they took these basic Ten Commandments that God gave as, you know, just kind of guidelines for living and they started making all these rules off of them. Like, you know, keep the Sabbath day. Don't work on the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. And it was God's way of protecting us against our own workaholism and making sure that we set aside time. It seems like a pretty simple, you know, simple idea. But they took that and they started breaking down, well, what really is work? And, you know, then they, they started having all these different ideas. Well, this is work and that's not. And they had, you know, over 100 rules about what was work. You know, if you, if a, if a, if you tie a, a knot in a rope to lower a bucket down into a well, that's work. But if a woman ties a knot in her apron string, that's not work. And it was all about following the rules. That's why when, when, when they came to Jesus and they said, you know, there's so many rules out of all of these rules, what's the greatest one? You know, what's the one we have to get right? Remember what Jesus said? The greatest commandment is this, what? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you know what? There's another one that's just equally important. That's you, that you love others like you love yourself. Jesus said, you know what? On these two rules, all the other laws and prophets are built. What was he saying? What God wants more than anything else. Look at me. Don't miss this. What God wants with you more than anything else is a love relationship. Because if you have a love relationship with God, if you truly have intimacy with God, all the other stuff will take care of itself. Um, I love, in John chapter 10, Jesus gives a great picture of being the shepherd. John 10, 14. Look at what he says. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they what? 
They know me. Now, if you're a note taker, circle the words no right here. On, you know, I know my sheep. They know me. Circle that word no. Be- because what he's talking about there is there, there's this intimacy. In religions, you don't know God. You just follow rules. But in a relationship, you get to know God and God gets to know you. There's a, there's a Hebrew word that's translated in the Old Testament. It's the word yada. And, and it means to know intimately. And that's what God wants. God wants a loving relationship, an intimate relationship where he knows you and you know him. Amen? Amen. Secondly, in a religion, think about this. There are prayers and rituals. But in a relationship, there's communication. In a religion, there are prayers and rituals. But in a relationship, there's communication. My good friend Janet Robinson. Janet, if you're watching, hi. She watches from home. Joins us every week. Good, good to see you. I I was giving her kidding with her on Facebook about a week ago. She was posting pictures of her plants and her flowers out in front of her home, and they're beautiful. They're just beautiful stuff that she has out there. But she was getting all these great comments, and somebody had mentioned about talking to them, and she said, "Yes, I I talk to my flowers. I talk to my plants." And I, I posted back and said, but do they talk back? Because if they're talking back, I'm going to set you up an appointment with my wife, Wanda. I think you don't get that. Yeah. Well, you can talk to plants. Plants, plants aren't talking back. And it reminded me, I thought about that this week and I was laughing. But, but I thought about what Jeremiah said when he, was, when he was talking about people who were chasing after, you know, these idols. He's talking about how carpenters come and they cut a stick down and they carve a figure out and they put it up and, and people, people pray. And it says, you know what, they're, they're like scarecrows. You know, they can't walk. They can't talk. They're just, they're lifeless. But that's not what God wants. God doesn't want uh, you to just talk. God, God wants communication. He wants you to bear your heart to him. And he wants you also to listen to what it is he has to say. That's what a relationship is all about. Not just saying prayers. That's why in Matthew 6, Jesus said, you know, don't be like the pagans who, who think they're impressing God by just saying a lot of words. You know, what God really wants is for you to pour out your heart to him and for you to open your heart to hear him. That's communication. That's a relationship. Again, John 10, verse 4. Look at the words of Jesus. It says, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of him. Listen, read it with me. And they follow him because they know his voice. Look at me, just a thought. But do you know the voice of God? See, God doesn't want people to just say prayers. God wants a people that he can communicate with. You hear his heart, he hears yours. Here's another one. Let this one blow you away. In a religion, sacrifice is one way. But in a relationship, there is what? Mutual sacrifice. Now just think that thought with me. In religions all over the world, people come before their gods and they offer sacrifices. They, they, they bring their money. Uh, they bring their crops. Uh, they will bring animals and, and, and kill them in front of their God. In the olden days, they would even, even at times take children and offer them to their God. As, as, uh, they, they, they did all these. There, there's a, this sacrifice that goes one way. It's our sacrifice toward God. But get this. In a relationship, it's a mutual sacrifice. It's two individuals, both sacrificing. Has God sacrificed for us? Absolutely. Look at me. Don't miss this. For God so loved you that he gave his one and only son. 
That if you would just believe in him, you wouldn't have to perish, but you could have everlasting life. This is a relationship where certainly we offer our sacrifices to God out of a grateful heart. Why? Because he has sacrificed everything for us. That's why I love again what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 11. Read it out loud with me. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. That's what God has done for you. But, but it's not just any kind of relationship that God invites us to. And this is what David points out in the psalm. Let me walk you through the kind of relationship. Are you ready? The first is this. It's a relationship that is powerful. It's a relationship that is powerful. It's not just a relationship with anyone. You see the word that David used there? Who is our shepherd? Who does he say is our shepherd? The Lord. The Lord. And again, on your outline, if you want to, you want to circle the word Lord. Now, the word that David used there is kind of interesting because it's not the word Elohim that is used often in the Old Testament. It's not the word Adonai, which is also translated Lord. It's why it can be a Lord over the... This, this is the word Yahweh, uh, often translated Jehovah in the Old Testament. Uh, this is the word that was unspeakable. This is the word that truly represented the true nature of God. This was what David was saying. It's not just anyone who is my shepherd. This is the alpha and the omega. This is the beginning and the end. This is El Shaddai. This is almighty God. This is a God whose name is so great we, we, we don't even speak it out loud. This was the name that the high priest, they would only utter this word name one time on the day of atonement when the high priest would go into the holy of holies and he would offer the sacrifice for the sins of the people. And there at that time, he would call out the name Yahweh. David said, it's not just a nobody that's entering into a relationship with us. This is almighty God. Now, I don't, I don't know what you're going through. Don't know what you're facing in your life or, or, or what you may be dealing with. But I'm telling you, this is the kind of shepherd that we all need. This is the kind of relationship we all need. Someone who is that great. I love that word. Um, Jehovah is often uh, one of the one of the thoughts about how that word Yahweh came to be, and this word, this name Jehovah, is that it's taken from uh, three different words that mean the God who was, the God who is, and the God who will be. Think about that: the God who was, the God who is, and the God who will be. Now, how powerful is God? Just get this: your past. God's got your past. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how bad a path you found yourself on. You know what? God's grace is greater than all your sin. Amen? It's greater than all of your sin. And, and no matter what you've been through, no matter how badly you've been hurt, no matter how badly you've been damaged along the way, you know what? Our God is a healer. Our God is the God of your past. He's the God who was there, and he's the God who can heal you from all of that. He's also the God who is. That means he's the God of your present. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're up against. I don't know what obstacle that you're, you're standing in front of, but here's what I know. God is greater. God is greater. This God is here right now, and he's bigger than anything that you're dealing with. Can I give you one more? He's the God of your future. You know, we spend an awful lot of time, don't we, worrying about what's to come? 
And you know what? Here's the deal. Anywhere you're going to go, God's already there. God's already there. He's not only the God who was and the God who is, he's the God who will be. Amen. I, I was just picturing this week, picturing David writing this and, and camping on that idea that it's Yahweh who is my shepherd. And thinking about how much courage that gave him through the years. And I, I was thinking about the, the story of when David met Goliath. You remember that story? Uh, David was bringing some food to his brothers who were in the army and they were fighting the Philistines. And when David got to the, to the battlefront, um, there was this big, huge guy out in the valley, uh, one of the Philistines. His name was Goliath. And he was taunting the armies of Israel. And he was saying, you know, you send out your best warrior. Me and your best warrior will we'll duke it out. And, you know, whoever's left standing, they'll be the victors. And, and uh, we take everything. If we win, you take everything. Of course, everybody was scared to death. Goliath was huge, man. He was huge. And they're all afraid. And David's watching this going on. And he's going, what's the deal? Come on, you bunch of sissies. Anybody ain't going to go out and fight him? You know, and they're going, well, who are you, little shepherd boy? You know, what are you going to do, smack him with a piece of cheese? You know, they, you know, they were, what, what, what are you going to do? And, and David, you know, David said, I'll go fight him. I'll go fight him. And they're going, you're nuts. You're nuts. And finally, David talked him into it. He said, you know, man, when I was a shepherd, I fought the lion. I fought the bear. I took care of them. God will help me through this too. And so David, remember what he fought with? A sling. You know, a piece of leather that he, he, he took five rocks, put them in his pocket, and he's got this thing that he's going he's gonna to throw rocks at this giant. Now picture yourself. You're Goliath. You know, you're huge. You're this really big guy. You got all this armor. You got a, you got a guy holding a big shield in front of you. And you see this boy come out on the battlefield with a sling. I mean, you could just, you could, Goliath is going, have you got to be kidding me? Is this the best you've got? You know, and Goliath starts saying, I'm, I'm going to crush you. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to feed you to the birds. Man, I'm going to mess you up. And David's response to Goliath is so cool. Because David says, you know what? You, you got a sword and you got a spear and you got a javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And with one stone, David dropped Goliath. That's a powerful God. Amen. I saw this quote this week and I love to throw that up on the screen for me. David didn't need to know Goliath's strength because he already knew God's. And I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're up against, but here's what I can guarantee you. Your God is more powerful than anything that you're dealing with. I love one of my favorite scriptures from Jeremiah 32, 17. Read it out loud with me. Oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Read that last sentence again. Nothing is too hard for you. Do you believe that? You see, God invites you to a relationship today, but not just a relationship with anyone, a relationship with Yahweh, the powerful one. Can I give you another piece? You're, you're invited to a relationship that is caring. A relationship that is caring. The imagery that David uses to describe God is, is so beautiful. 
And in Psalm 23, as he starts it off, he says, the Lord is my, what? Shepherd. Just think about that thought with me for a second. In this scenario, David didn't picture God as a, as a warrior king. He didn't, he didn't picture him as a, as a guy, you know, valiantly, you know, uh, judging or all, all that. He, he pictures him as a shepherd. And, and David, along the journey, had known of the shepherding of God. Now, come on, it's just us this morning. How many of you would be honest enough to admit that along the way, you could use a shepherd from time to time? Yeah. I, I love the passage of scripture from Isaiah 53, 6. Read it out loud with me. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Come on, it's a good confession, good for the soul. How many of you have followed your own path and walked away from God from times? Yeah, and where did that get you? <laughs> you know, into a mess, yeah. It's a, it's a dead end and we find ourselves in over our head. It, it is so interesting how we are so inclined to go our own way, which is why we need a shepherd. A couple weeks ago, I, I read this story online and I, I just started cracking up. I thought, this is a great picture of human nature. Um, there were three guys in a 24-foot boat um, doing some boating uh, just off the coast from Tampa Bay. And uh, the Coast Guard got, a, got the call uh, that this 24-foot boat was taking on water, and uh, there, were, there were three men on board, and they sent a, a Coast Guard speeder to, to get out there to them. Well, by the time they got there to where the, the boat was supposed to be, the boat had already sunk. And they're looking around, and they find the three guys. Now, these three guys uh, were so you know, kind of, yeah, we're, we're, we're great swimmers, we're great sailors, you know, we don't need life jackets. So none of them had life jackets. But they did at least find a place of safety. Throw that picture up on the screen. There they are. They made their way to a buoy, and that's where they were waiting on the Coast Guard to come get them. All, all because they thought they could do this all by the time. Now, this is what cracked me up. This actually happened on the first day of National Boat Safety Week. National Boat Safety Week. But here's three guys who think, you know, boat safety, life, life jackets are for sissies. We don't need a life jacket. Uh, no, you need a buoy is what, what you need. You need a buoy and a little common sense. Yes, that's what you need. But, but I thought that's, that's what we're like. We're like sheep who just go astray. And you know what's so cool about God? Is he comes and rescues us. He, he comes to wherever we are in need, and, and he gathers us up, and he, he takes us home. I, I, one of the beautiful pictures in my home church growing up, I can remember one of the Sunday school classes, it was, a, it was a picture of Jesus carrying a lamb in his arms, and it was just such a great picture. It just reminded me that this is how God is with us. I, I love this. This is the image in, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. Read it out loud with me. He will feed his flock like a shepherd, he will carry his, the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with all their young. Again, I don't know what you're going through. Don't, don't know what you're dealing with. Don't, don't know where you might be. But man, if, you, if you've wandered off, if you're out there struggling somewhere, just call out to God because he's the caring shepherd 
who will come and gather you in his arms. He's not, I don't know how you, you were growing up, but you know, my dad liked to spank us on, on syllable. It was like, don't you ever do that again. Anybody, your parents ever do that? Every, every syllable is a whack, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. But God is the God who opens his arms to us and he carries us, how's it say? Close to his heart. He's a caring, caring shepherd. Let me give you one more. It's also a relationship that is personal. It's a relationship that is personal. Now, it's, it's hard for us to catch this because we, we kind of look back on history. But again, think about what David said. The Lord is whose shepherd? Say the word. My shepherd. Now, what's interesting is that is so rare to find that in the Old Testament. Because the people of Israel never really saw themselves as individually connecting with God. They saw themselves as a nation that came before God. God entered into this covenant relationship with them as a people. And for them to claim God as their own was a little bit arrogant and presumptuous. But David understood that what God wanted was more than just a relationship with a nation. God wanted a personal relationship with each one of us. And that's, that's what Jesus really bore out in his ministry here. Look again, back to John 10 with, with Jesus talking about a shepherd. Look at what he says. Read it with me. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Look at me. God knows you by name. Not as simply a citizen of the United States, you know, or simply as a member of Chartel Church of God. You know, God knows you by name. God knew you in your mother's womb before you were even born. That's a God who wants to be personal with you. You know, Jesus, John describes this in John chapter 1 when he talked about Jesus coming to the Jews. And, and they, they had a hard time really understanding who he was and why he would be there and and a lot of them didn't believe him because Jesus was really trying to make this thing personal. But look what it said. It, said it talks about the fact that he came to his own and his own knew him not. And they, 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 they weren't open to him. But look at what it says in John 1 verse 12. Read it out loud with me. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. That's why I put the statement on your outline is, you know, the Lord is the great shepherd, but here's the question, is he your shepherd? Is he your shepherd? It's not a question of who God is or who Jesus is. The question today is, have you opened your heart to him? Have you received him as the savior of your life? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's when you go from Christianity as a religion to Christianity as a personal relationship with God. You know, there was a, uh, a little two-year-old some, some years back. His name's Terrell Bean and lived in the San Francisco area. And his, um, 
came from a pretty messed up family, and his family ended up um, abandoning him. And at two, uh, he was taken in by uh, a couple, Pat and Elizabeth Ford, there in San Francisco. And Pat and Elizabeth raised him from, the, from two years old till the time he was 20. And at 20, he kind of left home and, you know, went out on his own. And, and then as Pat and Elizabeth got older, um, Terrell came back and he actually took care of them until they died. As they were settling the estate, uh, they had a $650,000 estate. And as they were um, sorting all of that out to who that went to, they, they didn't have any other children. They didn't have any, anything else. But they ended up giving all of that estate to a niece and a nephew who Pat and Elizabeth hadn't seen in 15 years. The reason being is that even though Terold had grown up in that home and even though he had been the one who cared for them in their old age, he had never been adopted as their son. And the California courts ruled that if he was not adopted as their son, then he had no right to the inheritance. And so all that money was given to a niece and a nephew who the couple hardly ever knew. Now, I know that's really unfair, and I know that, you know, all, all of that, the courts and stuff, but, here, but here's, here's a great point. There are a lot of us who grow up around the church that know a lot about God that really don't know God. There are, are a lot of people who have grown up in the house of God who have never become children of God. There are people who have read the Bible. There are, are people who have said prayers. There are people who do a lot of religious things, but the one thing they haven't done is the only thing they really need to do. And that is to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And as many as believed in him, to those people, he gave the right to become what, church? The children of God. So here's my question to you today. Not is God the great shepherd, but is he your shepherd? Um, I'm going to invite you right now. I'm going to have Chuck come on out, and we're going to have a, a, a song in just a second. I'm going to invite you to go ahead right now, if you would, to take your communion cup out, and if you would, just open the, the bottom up and take out that little piece of bread. And then you can peel back the top to have the juice ready. And after we sing this song through, we want to we receive communion together. But, but here's, here's my challenge to you. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you confessed to God your need for his son to live in you? Have you confessed your heart and invited him to take control of your life? The Lord is my shepherd, Jesus said. Is he yours? Chuck's going to lead us in this beautiful old hymn that says, Gentle shepherd, come and lead us. And I just invite you to make that your prayer today. And, and today, if you've never opened your heart to receive Christ as your, as your Savior today, I invite you in these next few moments to do that. 
And if you have, and if you're right with God and he is your shepherd, I guess the next question would be, are you leaning into him as your shepherd? Are you trying to bear your burdens all by yourself? Or are you inviting the great shepherd to to carry you for a little bit? And this morning, whatever your personal private prayer is, make this your worship time with God. And after we sing this song, I'll say a prayer and we'll receive the communion elements together. Father, that is our prayer today. We need a shepherd. We all, like sheep, have gone our own way. And somewhere along the journey, Lord, we, we need the safety of your arms. And so, Father, I pray today, I pray for any person here, any person watching online, that today have never received you as Savior and Lord. And I pray that today, Lord, they would open their hearts to you, that they would confess their need to you. Lord, your word says that when we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sin, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Doesn't matter what we've done. Isaiah says, even though your sins have been like scarlet, they can be white as snow. Lord Jesus, I love the picture you give in Luke 15 of the prodigal son. And when he headed home, the father ran to meet him. And today, Lord, for any of us who maybe again for the first time or the first time in a long time are turning toward you today as you run to meet us, wash over us with your grace and mercy. Wrap your arms of acceptance around us. Hold us close to your heart today. Forgive us. Help us to become the people that you've called us to be. Lord, others of us need a shepherd, not necessarily for salvation, but we need you, Lord, for the things that we are going through. You know the trials we're facing. You know the struggles we're having. You, you know the problems that sometimes seem so insurmountable. And I pray today, again, Lord, that we would just run to you, that you would pick us up and hold us close to your heart, that you would comfort us, that you would give us uh, strength for today. Lord, you are a powerful, powerful God. And those things, Lord, that are beyond our control, we put in your hands today, believing that you can even call those things that are not as though they were. And so, Lord, whatever it may be, if it's doors that need to be opened, if it's healing that needs to happen, if it's changes that need to be made, Father, we believe that you're the God who's caring enough and powerful enough to do those things. Lord, today we come before you. Our declaration is the same as David's. The Lord is my shepherd. And how thankful we are. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said, amen.